0: We got to figure out our business side, make that grow so that we can fund some of these multi million dollar salaries that people are commanding now in (music) esports.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Craft Podcast. I am joined today by Arnold Hur, Chief Operating Officer at GenG Esports. Hey, Arnold. Thanks for joining.
0: Yeah, glad to be here. I'm, I'm really excited. Love what you guys are doing, so I'm glad we got to find some time to chat.
1: Awesome. So let's just get right to it, because I know you're a busy man. The first question we have for all of our guests are, what is your craft?
0: That was actually a really good question that I thought about. You know, as I saw kind of some of the other podcasts that you do, uh, and I, I would say that the way I've positioned myself and kind of what I define as my craft would be you know, I, I think about growth, right? Uh, specifically, like what do you need to do as an organization um, in order to kind of get to that next level of growth, wherever you are? You know, I, I've had a history of doing that. Even when I worked at Google, we were launching a brand new hotel search product, right? When you're you know, like, when you're searching for hotels. Uh, hotels, Los Angeles, you know, I was part of the team that helped kind of launch that. Or before I was running an e-commerce startup where we were really going from, let's say, not the, necessarily the zero to one, but really the one to 100 level where we had product market fits so an e-commerce business really needs to start scaling that up, you know, from, let's say, a pre-series A all the way out to a series C. Uh, and then now I'm, I'm, I jumped in on the growth level, but really from even a starting point, where I kind of think of, you know, the position now that I'm in, where, you know, we were basically starting the company literally out of a conference room. And now we're a big esports team. And the esports industry is growing so quickly, but the business models aren't set. I kind of view myself in my role as figuring out how do I get all the esports side of the business working well, as in how do you win games? How do you compete? How do you do content? But then how do you actually level up the business side so that you can support all of the esports needs that you have. So that's kind of the way I view my craft is what are those things that we need in order to get to that next level of growth. And it's kind of a mixture of like marketing, operations, sales. That's kind of what I like. The fact that you can kind of mix and match and figure out what it needs and what an organization needs.
1: Perhaps you could tell me uh, what you think the difference is between like growth and marketing functions, because... Most of the big companies I've worked at, they just have like a typical, like, you know, marketing department and marketing departments sometimes talk about growth, but usually people don't have that title. Is this a split between startups and big co- big companies or is it like a, a more broader difference?
0: I would say it's more relevant for even for big companies, only when they're starting like newer ventures or a very early venture. By definition, I think as a company gets really big, you kind of want to silo a little bit more of the specific roles. But when you're early on, the marketing person needs to know what's happening on the operation side. The salesperson needs to know what's happening on the marketing side. That alignment is so critical between sales, marketing, and operations that you kind of need some folks that really understand how growth works. Let me give you an example. So, for instance, we do uh, a lot of sponsorship deals. And when we do these sponsorship deals for our teams, you know, we get the Jersey and there's like a little patch and, you know, because it's such an early industry, you know, that sponsorship patch isn't enough, right? You have to also know like, okay, what are the big moments in the esports year? When can we actually capitalize with big marketing pushes that not are only good for sponsors, but that's also good for our brand, right? So it's not just sales and account management, marketing and the esports operations. They all have to align and work together. Now, if we're uh, the Lakers, The sales team just sells the patch. They already know what price it is. They go out and figure out, you know, which patch it is next year. I think uh, we just found out Russell Westbrook is coming to the Lakers. So you say, hey, great, now we have Russell Westbrook. Um, You don't need to know that Russell Westbrook is coming in. Uh, It's always nice. Uh, I think that's the key difference, right? When you're at an early stage, um, and I would say a lot of larger companies are missing this kind of DNA of some folks that really understand what are the different pieces and how they fit. Usually that ends up getting up to the SVP or C level until they really understand. So everybody in the middle doesn't have any idea what's going on in the other division. So it's one of those things that I think is the future. uh, And I think more larger companies will do it. Will they actually do the title of growth or not? I don't know, because it's kind of hokey. But I, I do think the difference is that marketing only talks about what we've already done. Versus growth is about creating a better feedback loop between what marketing is doing operations and sales so that everybody's really helping churn everything to help grow the company to that next level.
1: Um, Actually, that's a good segue into growth in esports because I was more active in esports a couple years ago. And a lot of those teams like TSM, Cloud9, Team Liquid still exist and they're doing super well. I think it's actually super cool that a few new-ish esports teams not came out of nowhere, but they, they really grew a lot in terms of their brand and popularity. So top of mind, it's it's like Genji, uh 100 Thieves, Sentinels. Those are the top three that come to my mind. And, and they all do things a little bit differently. Uh, can you talk a little bit, I think Genji used to be called something else. And then I think the, the you or the CEO, someone decided to like change the name and like, was that part of a growth strategy?
0: No, I think it was just like, we needed to kind of create our own thing. Like, we were helping buy a lot of the teams in order to have an esports team, right? So, I think what you're noticing broadly in the esports industry, and uh, when I talk about growth and what I think it takes, is there's a fundamental realization, at least among the smart people in esports, that the traditional esports business model doesn't work. It's an absolute failure. You know, you think about the mechanics of it, right? Which is you basically sign a team, you win championships. You give all the prize money to the players, and you sign the players for huge salaries, and then you try to get paid through sponsorships, that doesn't make any sense. And you'll see a lot of leagues that are really struggling with this now across the world. I think the smart esports teams are building a business on top. So even some of the names that you've mentioned, like TSM, Team Liquid, Cloud9, they're all building businesses that are either parallel or tangential even to what people know as core esports. So my view on the market, I'm very negative uh, in general. I, you know, I come from more of a fi- uh, finance uh, background. I guess that's where it's coming from. Is that like, I think actually we're gonna go to, you know, the, the Game of Thrones thing, like the winter is coming. That's 100% what I feel. If there's 100 esports teams, maybe 30 are left, maybe 20 are left that really matter. I, I think that's the future that we're facing. And so for me, when I think about our organization, what it takes to grow, survive is also what it takes to grow. And so for us, what we're looking at is making sure that we're building a business that actually complementary to our core esports side. So a really good example for us is, you know, and people are doing it different ways, right? Like 100 Thieves is, you know, we're going to do YouTube content and influencers, and that's going to be our big push, right? Like FaZe Clan, that's just a, they're just superstars. So they just, you know... Kanye West does Kanye West things, you know. FaZe Clan does FaZe Clan things and they'll figure it out. TSM, you know, works with Blitz, right? And and Team Liquid has the membership and all the other stuff. So for us, we actually started uh, really leaning in towards education. So what we mean by that and what people don't know is that what we've noticed to be a gap in the market, especially in Asia, where really there isn't a way for you to really learn esports uh, and learn how to be a better competitive player in a very easy setting, besides just jo- going to a PC bong, grinding for fourteen hours, and then hoping you're getting better. Meanwhile, you're surrounded by toxicity, and you're actually learning anti teamwork. You just pick the solo carry character, go all in, and then go next if you lose, right? <laughs> like that's that's basically how you that's basically you know how, how you how you move up the ranks. And, and so, what we, and then we had a lot of parents actually come up to us and say, hey, my kid loves games. I have no idea how I'm going to support their passion. And then at the same time, we've noticed a lot of universities have a lot of huge interest, you know, UCI included, of saying, hey, this is really cool. We're noticing that people with an esports background really get involved in the community, really do something that's interesting. A lot of times they can become huge stars. And so for us, we saw this gap in the market. What we launched was the G Global Academy. Um, And we have different tiers, right? Like most of the people that join really just join after school to try to like learn how to get better. Parents love it because we're not just teaching them like go play. We're actually teaching them how to get better in an efficient way. So they're spending less time grinding, teaching them stuff like teamwork, how to be a good player, how to get feedback, how to do VOD reviews, how to make content, right? Because I think, you know, that kind of like, so those side skills are really important and, and oftentimes not taught. I'm shocked by how many schools don't teach ho- how to upload a YouTube video. It's crazy, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> um, and so for us, our business is really leaning in towards the education side. We've established also partnerships with a lot of U.S. universities um, because we have these like super talented kids that are super excited to go to the U.S. Uh, and some of them even decided to go full-time and then they get a U.S. high school degree afterwards to really go all in. Uh, on getting a US uh, education. So I, I think that is what's going on in the market. And that's how I view growth is we got to figure out our business side, make that grow so that we can fund some of these multi-million-dollar salaries that people are commanding now.
1: I'm really aligned with a lot of the stuff you talked about. So number one, I had a challenger team. So I'm one of the, you know, the 80% that didn't survive. Part of the reason we didn't survive was because I think, I only raised a two million dollar seed round, but to have a, a, a basically a challenger team that was trying to uh, compete in relegation, so you're paying LCS salaries at twenty fifteen timeframe, it's like a million dollars a year.
0: Yeah. So
1: and, and I thought we were doing things kind of cheap. Yeah. So uh, and we had like almost no revenue coming in because a few of spo- <laughs> some of our sponsorships are just like we got like Soylent. Just but just like boxes of toilet, like, like no cash, right? <laughs> and and even trying to monetize content, <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, It sounds easy, but it's super hard because you need to get so many views, so many views on YouTube it's super to even hard. like crack the algorithm or or just a minimum bar to monetize.
0: And 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 I would say, don't you agree? Fans actually don't understand that the majority of esports content that esports teams push are unprofitable. If you really look at the costs versus the output versus what you make from YouTube.
1: You, you are absolutely right. And, um, anyways, back to the Genji Academy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sure. Sure. <laughs> uh, you know, what's crazy. You know, I, I feel good that you're doing this because that was my idea too. So we launched the Ember Academy and, and back in 2015. And, uh, the reason we did it was because we were like, Hey, we can't figure out a way to make money, but during the off season in between the splits, maybe our players can uh, teach people who will come in. And even in 2015 with our, you know, we didn't have that much growth, like, you know, really small, like 10K Twitter, but people uh, signed up for our classes, but then we ran out of money, which is a different problem. Yeah. Uh,
0: It's everybody's problem. Don't worry. Yeah.
1: And, um, okay. Another thing you mentioned that just so spot on is like the basics, like, like VOD. So in my, in my UCI, UCI class, um, I tell everyone like, Hey, you know, for this assignment, just upload an unlisted YouTube video, <laughs> half, half the people, half the people can't do it. It's so hard for them. <laughs> um, I feel like if, you, if you're going to just work in any industry in 2021, you, you kind of need to know how to do this.
0: Yep. Yeah. Which,
1: which is also why I, you know, I got, I got Jimmy on board because, um, I, I do have videos. to, I have to yeah.
0: confess something. Sure. We're going, we're leading hard into TikTok. Uh-huh. I downloaded TikTok, and I was like, I'm going to try to see how to make a video. Mm-hmm. It was so hard, man. <laughs> I'm too old. I'm 36, oh man. The, yeah, oh, yeah. dude. I, there's so many buttons and so many filters. I was like, oh, God, this is so much work. I, and then, and then the, the funny story is I opened up Snapchat, and there's a Snapchat Maps feature now, so you can like uh-huh. see where all your friends are. I had one friend, and that's the person that works at Snapchat as a VP. That's it. <laughs> that was the, my entire map.
1: one of my friends was like employee number 30 at snapchat and i I just i didn't get it and i was like uh early 30s at the time sure and uh but i just i just forced myself to connect with them and use it to understand how and then my biggest regret i don't know if people because i you know i think you you worked in la for a couple years potentially right yep so um being in la everyone kind of knew about snapchat so people wanted to like invest in it but the first couple years when snapchat was public the stock was like three dollars like, people were yeah, like, right. oh, Facebook's going to crush it. But, I mean, they are they are at all-time highs, and I, I totally regret not not believing, not, not, not hold <laughs> o wing. Okay, final comment about VOD. I think you are spot-on about VOD. Well, first of all, just to upload or just to learn how to make it is it, yep. hard. And actually, that's something we're really leaning into um, at Facebook as well because, you know, I tell a lot of streamers that if they're making videos already like VOD, uh, and you put it on YouTube. Why not put it on? I mean, I think putting it on Twitch probably doesn't help that much, but yeah, yeah. you could you're, you just put it on Facebook. You already, you already yep. did it. Uh, why yep. not double dip, right? I I don't, I don't even know if, uh, if YouTube has any like exclusive VOD contracts. I doubt it.
0: So um, I'm sure they do some for for like the, but... maybe the really big people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Me and you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> oh yeah, me. Yeah, I'm getting nothing.
1: So. <laughs> uh so yeah I think I think VOD is a very exciting like video or or, or video type coming out
0: I I also think you know uh, an area of huge growth is you know there's a ton of interest globally uh and I think people are much more willing to watch content that isn't in their language as well you know and you can even see it in the rise of anime like I'm, I'm a big anime fan I do think and I've I know people hate the auto translations right now, but it's getting really good. So there's actually like tech changes that are happening. So I think the other part of growth is to kind of see the meta trends and understand how they could create new opportunities for you in the future and be the first to be able to make that move. And I've noticed a couple huge auto trends that I think are going to actually change who we view as internet stars. So two, so the two things that I see are the quality of audio is getting better and better and better. And what I mean by that is, you know, it's not just like, oh, there's more bandwidth and all of that stuff, but more like, you know, not just like these kind of mics, but, you know, AirPods and all of these things. You're able to pick up audio quality much better, which then allows you to transcribe at almost 95% accuracy now. That allows you to also then get translations going, right? And I think translations will, the auto-translates that are happening are actually getting better and better and better, especially for specific languages. And I, I think that really opens up the market uh, longer term. I mean, that's that's a five years down the line kind of thing. Uh, it doesn't affect our business today, but I think that's also important for growth is to understand what tech trends are happening, like what TikTok and short form content are doing, how the different algorithm creates a unique opportunity for us as like a very small esports team compared to the face clans of the world. I don't have to worry about the YouTube sub algorithm and all of these things because TikTok is like, you get paid, you get, you blow up based on if the content is good or not, or at least that's the plan. We'll see how it works. But I, I think that's also a really important part of growth. And I think it's very relevant for people like if you don't understand the technology, just like you said, if you don't know what's going on behind the scenes of how to upload that YouTube video, you don't understand, right? How can you be call yourself a marketer if you can't upload a YouTube video?
1: I think I think once again I think you're spot on about anime. It's funny because I, I'm old, I mean I'm I'm 37, uh, but I only got to anime like two three years ago. I, I don't know why I don't right. know what happened to my childhood. I I was just uh, <laughs> I don't know. I guess I just uh, I'm a bad Asian. I just never like got into it. And During COVID, I, I watched all of One Piece. I watched all of One Piece
0: episodes. We mean like the one thousand five hundred episodes. Yes,
1: I watched. Oh it. lord! I, I am up to. We well, had to
0: skip through, right? There's a lot of filler in that one.
1: No, 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 no. I, I watched it all. I'm, I'm a completionist. I'm a completionist.
0: Oh lord!
1: And that's bad for me. Um, but, but I, you know, I, I don't think I think I maybe I may have seen one anime activation with uh, one esports team, but no one has done like some uh, concerted efforts. Yep. I think that's like
0: Team Liquid and Naruto did one. Oh, there you go. Uh, Yeah. Team Liquid's been
1: doing a lot of, uh, like, like they did Marvel too. Yeah. They're really into these co-branding.
0: As well, speaking of COVID, you know, the way, how I feel it affected our industry uh, is more that it accelerated a lot of the undercurrents and trends that were already happening. We knew Twitch and live streaming were going to blow up and more and more people were doing it. Well, everybody did it. Right. We, you know, for us, we had Saweetie come on and do a cooking uh, show with us. Right. That would have never happened pre-COVID because it just live streaming wasn't a thing. It wasn't understood. It was this weird thing that people did on the side on Twitch. But now everybody knows it. every artist knows what Twitch is, Um, you know, watching content online, engaging with the community online. You know, like all of that stuff really happened. Zoom. Right before we would have to, I would have to fly over to LA to do this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, it'd be scheduling, would be a pain in the butt. Right. right. Uh, and so I, I do think, you know, it accelerated a lot of the trends that are happening, you know, even, even things like I watched wonder woman streaming, right. Like, right, right, right. That would have been unheard of.
1: So, so right now the Genji global Academy, is that only in person or is that online as well?
0: It is, so actually, it's funny, speaking of accelerating, we originally started this thing offline, right? Because we literally had to start it because parents of like these kids would come and be like, just come to the door and be like, hey, can you, <laughs> do you have anything? Yeah, uh, we We're like, wait, we should do something. Um, and then of course, you know, we were doing some online and, and some offline, but obviously with COVID, we went full online. Um, and that's great because now we're actually able to kind of expand the number of students that any given coach or teacher can teach. Uh, and so we're able to really scale that up. Uh, and I think online is the future. You don't need to be offline, but mm-hmm. I do want to integrate more offline components to it. Like we actually have a, a PC cafe in Seoul, for instance, where it's it's a Genji PC cafe. And we have a stage, right? Like, so you can play and all of this stuff. So I, I can't wait until, you know, everybody's vaccinated and, you know, some of the craziness is over because I think a mostly online, but with amazing offline experiences model, uh, is going to be our future.
1: I, you know, this year I was going to try to visit Korea, but if not, if, if you have an online option, I totally would love to try Cause I think if you, you know, from my, uh. For my One Piece comment, uh, I think you'll know—you'll know you'll this—that I have like I have like an obsessive personality. So one thing I'm obsessed with is still League of Legends. Like I play like a thousand ranked games a year, but oh, wow. I don't have to, I don't have I don't have a coach. So I always get stuck at like like you know platinum or like a certain tier, and I know I what I should do is ask for help or watch a video. I'm just so lazy. I just try to like grind it out myself. So yeah. I would have like let's say. 200 games where i'm making progress and at 800 games where i'm just like winning losing winning losing and i'm like you know what i would rather just spend the money cuz I, I i like it so much i i feel like uh, I really want to learn in the past there were a couple startups doing this mm-hmm. but then they i think they went out of business they were like boston based so yeah, I'm i I'm, defi- I'm on your website now i'm checking it out so once they have online i
0: think about- all, right now it's offered only in korean unfortunately but oh, you know we'll I, definitely we'll definitely have more options for you to check out uh towards the end of the year yeah uh and hey who knows maybe we'll even have like a boot camp you can join uh yeah that'd be fun
1: that yeah i i I would be down for that because another tangent to all of this is which is why i love that you mentioned education so i've been doing since my since since i got my mba i've been mainly doing games pc games i used to work at riot etc and uh so you know customer base is typical like you know 18 to 34 male or even younger you know 16 four teenagers lots of teenagers play all these games when i was at amazon i was at amazon games heavy sports amazon games but then i switched to a team called amazon kids mainly because my manager offered me an opportunity to make like tv shows and i was like that oh, sounds cool. cool because like i live in la i've never worked in entertainment <laughs> this is like cool opportunity. Like I want to make it. It's animated, but still, you know, animated TV right,
0: series. Right, 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 right.
1: So as I started doing it uh, on that team, I learned a lot about just like kids and education. And the reason I think you're spot on is because even for Amazon Kids, which is like a Netflix-like service, but it includes games, audiobooks, and books. Uh, for like it's got all you can eat model for like uh, two ninety nine a month. Um, when I looked at other services around the world, like. You know, Netflix is considered entertainment. But if you have education, you could charge even more. Especially like in – and and you could even – it's crazy. You could charge more even in countries with lower, uh, like, average salaries. Like in India, lots Mm. of people, so average is lower. But people in India would pay a lot for the best apps to educate their kids, right? And now, I actually, I invested in this startup in L.A. called Synthesis – I like them so much. I actually work for them too, part time. Just like, and, and what they do is they teach kids, like uh, specifically 11 to I think 14 year olds. I probably got that wrong. Eight to 14 year olds. Okay. And um, they use games to teach them. Now their mm. games are more like HTML5. Right,
0: right, right. right. I, I've
1: been talking with them a lot. I'm like, guys, like if you just leverage like League of Legends or any other team-based game you know, uh, just hire like a coach or, 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 whatnot, like you could learn so much from that experience.
0: Um, and, 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 and I think the other thing is if you look at the alternative, which is doing it yourself, <laughs> getting angry at your jungler, <laughs> you know, yeah. typing jungle diff every time you lose, by the way, I'm a jungle main. So I, you know, I feel that. Oh, nice, nice. Um, so like, I, I, I think You know, people always complain about, oh, gamers are toxic. Oh, gaming environment can be toxic. But I think the environment of you trying to get better alone is actually like very toxic in a way. Versus if you're trying to do it together as a team with a coach, it changes the interactions and you kind of see that the team is more important, right? So it's a different value you're learning. Mm -hmm. So basically, I always think about, I don't blame people for being toxic. I look at why is the system creating so much toxicity? And if I look at the system, I say, you're basically forcing strangers to be in a team-based game. This is how basically like every single battle royale or any any movie, you know, like Lord of the Flies, like this right, is exactly, right. this is human nature for it to not work unless you set them up with the right structure to be able to be successful. But, and, and this is the other thing too, is a lot of pros you'd be surprised do not understand the math behind the game. They a lot of the best pros are so freaking talented they do it by feel. They actually don't spend a lot of time looking at the patch notes, looking at, you know, how this thing versus that thing versus this thing. I think we do in the plat or I do if you, you know, the best I ever got was plat and like people in the middle like us like we spend all day looking at this stuff. Yeah, 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 100%. The people at the extreme top 0.1% honestly do not look at this stuff as much as they should right yeah i mean they know it they know it more than you know most people but like you would think that this is all they look at absolutely not right Mm -hmm. they're worried about the team fight they're worried about team play they're worried about lane management they're worried about so many other things that they don't look at this and you know this is a really interesting opportunity though right you know i when i was a kid like i used to love computers i used to love programming but what was cool back then was basketball and sports and stuff like that. So I'm a terrible basketball player, but I would go and I would run track and do all the sports stuff and hang out with all these kids that told me what the cool stuff was. Uh, Even though like secretly at home, like I loved games and that's what I was passionate about. Uh, But I think now we can help teach a lot of these things. Like For instance, imagine if you build a calculator for figuring out what kind of damage you're doing if you have a specific build that kind of stuff is very relevant, very minimal, you know, knowledge, but all of a sudden they're using Excel for the right reason, right? Or they're actually building something even better more advanced on top. It can open up a lot of people, but it could also be beneficial for the future pro. So I think the current crop of pros today got there by just being the best in the world and working harder than everybody else. But I think the next generation of pros will be the best Work the hardest, but also be super smart about how they approach. And I think that's the natural evolution that the league needs to happen.
1: It sounds like you know you've been a gamer your whole life, but still a bad
0: one. But you know,
1: <laughs> but but still, um, you know, like like for me, I didn't even know gaming uh, was a potential career opportunity until I did like a summer internship at, at, at Riot Games. So that's how I broke into the industry. Uh, which is also random that they even offered one for for MBAs, but. Uh, it was like the first or second year that we were doing this. How did, how did you break into uh, esports and gaming?
0: Actually, a pretty funny story. So, yeah, I was a gamer all my life. I, when I looked at gaming jobs, to be honest, though, it looked like way too many hours for not enough pay. So I never did it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, so I actually started my career, uh, kind of going back to kind yeah. of where it started. Um, so I grew up, born and raised in L.A. You know, now I spent about half my time in L.A., but uh, I went to school in Boston uh, and then when I graduated, I actually started my first job in finance. So I was an investment banker at Goldman Sachs. Uh, so did that for a few years, really didn't like it. Like it was the first time in my entire life I was making money, but it just was something I wasn't, I wasn't passionate about. I wasn't growing businesses. I wasn't building businesses. Um, so I did what every, like a business person thinks they want to do when they say, Oh, I want to learn about business, which is I go to management consulting. So I worked at Boston consulting group. And again, I was like, I'm kind of learning more operations, but I'm making a lot of decks. I'm not really doing anything. So it just wasn't like hitting that mark that I really wanted. So I decided to do a startup, uh, which spectacularly failed. I, I got a 150K in debt, uh, but I fell in love with tech. I started learning how to code. I started learning how to do all this stuff that I was like always interested in. Uh, and, you know, but I needed a real job because I was in debt. So I actually worked at Google. Uh, so I worked at Google and I worked in flight and hotel search to so Google Travel. Uh, helping launch the Google hotel product. That's kind of where the gaming career started. And I I say that because, so I did two things at Google. One at Google, a lot of times you don't work that hard. Your hours are pretty chill. So you have a lot of free time. (laughs) And, you know, I did two things. I I did intramural basketball, which we got first place. The other thing was I was one of the few mid to senior business guys participating in the League of Legends internal tournaments. And I, I got this reputation as like, wait, he's a guy that does basketball and he's, Kind of salesy but he's a business guy but he's like super into like this engineer like tournament that's like happening you know i thought nothing of it uh, i left to, to join kind of a, a growth stage startup and kind of got that to a series c and then when i was kind of taking a break i got a call from kevin chu who had heard about me from one of my friends at google because he was looking to start an esports thing and he needed somebody that startup experience loves games and esports Uh, And ideally understands the Korean market a little bit, because that's at that point we were running only teams in Korea. So one thing led to another uh, and, and, you know, it worked out. Right. But I I, that's why I always say like the advice I give is that everything counts. Don't do something if you're not going to go all in on it. You never know how the dots connect. Right. And and honestly, like I I went into that meeting just for a coffee because I just thought it was like he just wanted to like kind of chat. I didn't know he was like recruiting people. I actually came prepared with, because I looked at all the stuff he was doing, and I had all these ideas, and most of them were stupid. I came with a presentation. I was just like, "Hey, I put some thoughts together on like stuff that I'm noticing that I think is interesting. Like, I want you to take a look." And he was super impressed. Uh, the next day, he's like, "Wait, wait, let's get lunch next time." And we're getting lunch, and he like slides over a piece of paper. I had no idea it was giving. It was even a job interview. <laughs> slides over a piece of paper, and he's like, "Dude, you got to join the team." But that, but that's where like, you know, I I haven't talked to Jimmy in a while, but like, even when I have a lot of like younger people now come for like mentorship or advice, I say like, don't come unprepared being like, I don't know what I want to do. Can you help me? Be like, Hey, here's a couple areas that I'm looking at. You know, here's what I like. Here's what I don't like. I put some thoughts together. Like, what do you think? I'm going to help that kid out a lot more than the kid. That's uh, the worst is when somebody asks you, can I ask you a question? Bro, don't waste my time. <laughs> it does seem super
1: hard when you have like you're just starting from scratch, and I'm not even sure what the best advice you would give. But I, I, I kind of I've, I've been telling folks that you should be trying to aim for someone like one or two levels above you because you, you're you're probably recruiting like senior directors or directors, and the, the even the advice you can give is generally good, but it's not going to be as relevant as someone who's like mm. five years out of college or three years out of college because they just went through
0: that. Right. Um, That's true. But, That's but I'm true. sure, I mean, because like you've been
1: in esports for four years now, I'm sure you get hit up all the time. Besides preparation, what do you normally tell people?
0: Differentiation. So, you know, I remember, I still remember this person. She applied to a job, uh, the, you know, and her resume was a website about why she wanted to work at the company. Obviously, it's a template, you know, with a little bit of customization. But I was like, Damn. This is different. Another person sent a video or, you know, but like just know that if you send a resume and expect your specs to do the job, especially if you're not one of these like rich kids with all these connections, like I, I was poor. Like I grew up with nothing. I self-funded my way through like latter half of high school and college. Like I had to hustle, right? And I hate it when I see people that just complain and don't hustle and don't find the back door. And I think it's hard. Like, look, when I was growing up, I didn't have those connections. And then when I tried to make those connections, it seemed fake because it was fake. So find the other way. If you're not that sociable person and you're not like a golden tongue that just makes everybody love them, go find something else that differentiates you, right? Whether it's how you apply to the job, whether it's a presentation that you make that you send to the person, whether it's you know some analysis you do, or, or so a good example is like, the other one is, do the job before you apply for it. A good example is people talk about, hey, I want to join the marketing team. You know, I, I think I understand social media. And I was like, cool. Let me see your social media account. And it's private. And you're like, all right, bro. Like, okay, so did you manage a social media account? Like, how big did you grow? It's like, oh, well, we were busy. And I was like, if you were busy in college, yeah, don't talk to me. Like, I, I'm, I'm old school. I, I probably shouldn't say that. Some people are genuinely busy and have stuff going on in their lives, but like, a lot of people that say they're busy do not understand what actually be, being busy means, and it frustrates me.
1: And you know, you know, you know what? I'll connect this to League of Legends. You mean jungle, I mean support. And let's just say, if you're just playing like ranked, generally, if I'm support and I'm trying to egg my team on, to, I try to egg my team on, team to like invade every every game. And you know, if, <laughs> if three out of five don't want to do it, it's, it's a bad idea, right? Yeah. So so I know what I shouldn't do, but I do it anyways. So example is, yes, I ultimately got that job at Amazon, but of course it was through networking. The first 24 times I applied, I didn't get it. So it was my 25th time when, and by the way, and also even the first 24 times I got a couple calls back, but the truth is I was lazy as shit. You know, like I, I didn't make that website. I went in and they were like, oh, tell me about yourself. And I was just like, I didn't even know anything about the role. I didn't try. I'm slow, but I learned. See, by my 25th time, when I actually got that on site, I, I made a 20-page Google Doc. I researched every interviewer. I tried to find LinkedIn connections, like little small talk, whatever. Thank yeah. you cards on the spot. Um, and, and then, you know, it's no surprise. I got that job. And, um, yeah. and same thing. Like, you know, when you go for more senior roles, does that mean for like a – essentially like a head of esports role at Activision Blizzard? I could have just shown up for the interview. But I was like, dude, if I'm going to interview with like Bobby Kodak, I better be <laughs> fucking prepared. So, I, 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 Amazon, we, we have this like, um, we don't do PowerPoints. So, we only do six page documents. Yeah. I wrote yep, a yep. six page document on what Activision esports should be. And I had a really good talk with Bobby like on a Sunday morning. Even though it ultimately didn't work out, I feel good because like, I feel like, hey, I give him my best because that's the worst yep. feeling isn't not getting it. Because look, those kind of roles, they've got like twenty great candidates, right? So I, yeah. I think I was just happy to be grateful to be in contention. But I didn't want it to be the situation where I didn't show up prepared at all. And then I look like a jackass. And then two, the yeah. worst the worst part is it's like the what ifs. Like, oh what if exactly. I did prepare, but but you didn't
0: Yeah, me? what if you actually did the thing? But I think the other part too is that like in terms of luck, I, I know I'm lucky. Like right? people have given me a shot. And I was prepared for the shot, but didn't he didn't give me the shot? Then it doesn't matter how prepared I am, right? I know that's the case for a lot of people. But the the one thing that I feel really lucky about today is that like it's a lot easier to be prepared when I'm doing something that I'm passionate about, right? Because then like the six page doc probably helps you now understand your industry better. So it's not a it's not a waste anymore. It's like yeah, this is just what I do because I want to be better every day at what I do. And it's less about like, did I get it or did I not get it? But it's more like, did I come in and am I adding more stuff or am, basically, am I adding more shit to my toolkit? Right. So I don't know if I'm allowed to curse, but, yeah, sure. um, <laughs> um, but like that mentality is like a winner's mentality. It's hard sometimes when you're getting so many no's. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like, I, I, you know, I'll be very honest. Like, I was actually in London and I had straight A's. I wasn't getting any. This is junior year in college. And I was like, I, at that point, I was going to uh, this like local church every day, sitting there by myself, just like miserable, and then going back to the library and applying for more jobs and everything else. And, you know, uh, the first internship call came because my professor in Boston, because I was doing a study abroad, had a friend that was recruiting kind of off cycle. He remembered that I had like did the best investment presentations, that I had the best stock portfolio and, you know, won these like awards and stuff. And he was like, Hey, do you know anybody and I was like, oh shit, like me, me, yeah, yeah. me. But you know, I I think it's like you never know when that break is going to come. You kind of have to have that faith, whatever if it's religious or personal mm-hmm. or crystals or I don't know what people believe in these days. You got to just think of it as like if you're working in in a direction that you're passionate about, man, like it's just you're just getting more prepared for the opportunity, right? You don't know what it's going to be, right? And you know, it's yeah. You know, even if you didn't get the Activision job, I mean, a lot of people mm-hmm. that did like are yeah. like having really struggling right now. Right. So, yes, there's luck
1: involved. But you, you, I mean, when you look at all the successful people, they really just like they kind of to some degree made their own luck as well. Like I just read this article about um, LeBron James agent and I read it. And yes, yes, he got lucky. He, he was lucky because he met LeBron James when he was 18 and they were at the airport and he sold them like a jersey. But the fact that he was hustling and selling jerseys already at the age exactly. of 18. I wasn't doing that. And that's the thing. I yep. remember when I was 18, I was and that's why I'm glad I joined the military because I kind of was like a spoiled kid. Um, I had a couple of internships there in college. And and you know, I was in I was working in New York, not in like investment banking, but just like adjacent finance, like it was like AIG or some other finance companies. And I remember when I was growing up, like internships were like hazing. Like my first day of the internship, they're like, hey, go build that IKEA desk. And I had so much stupid pride that I was like, I'm here to do a finance job. I'm not going to do that. (laughs) And then they were like, okay, then don't come back. Then don't come back.
0: Yeah.
1: And it, it really took me to when I was in the military and I was like in boot camp and I was cleaning toilets with a toothbrush. And I'm like, okay, this is like, this is, this is what I needed. Like I needed to know. What it is to do some like real hard work with my hands. And by the way, you can't leave. You're like, <laughs> if you leave, it's a, you know, you get court-martialed. <laughs> so that's what I needed. I needed like to be forced to do it. Um, And, and, and that's what really changed my whole mindset. And, and actually that's what I really, I think you, you eloquently described like a, like a life system I believe in and I still adopt it, which is like any interview I get, whether I've been, you know, whether I'd like my job or not, I, will, I always want to, you know, have that backup. And, 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 you know, it's not work because I'm just learning more about this specific field in gaming that I love. Right. So it's like, why wouldn't I get smarter? It's like spending three hours a night just to get smarter. And with the upside of a potential, you know, advising role or, or a new job or or, or or whatever.
0: It's hard, right? Like, I, I know, like, getting a job these days is hard. And I, my only other advice <laughs> is, like, I, I think about it like this, right? Like, uh, the, let's say the topic of unpaid internships is, like, the perfect example, Ooh, yeah. which is, I fundamentally disagree as a company of doing unpaid internships. So we refuse because I say, you know what? I only want to do paid work because I think it's wrong. But I say, don't let the ideal distract you from, if there's an unpaid internship for an individual that's going to help them, you shouldn't think, oh, it's wrong. I'm not going to do it. You should think, is it going to help me or not? And then go do it, right? You know what I mean? And like, I think a lot of people get caught up in like, The Twitter anger of whatever the du jour is Mm -hmm. of what people are angry about that, like, you know, 99.9% of the people on Twitter don't even know who you are and they don't care about you, right? Like (laughs) you have to figure out, yeah, an unpaid internship is wrong, but is that going to help you? Mm -hmm. Is that going to be your foot in the door for something big? And then when you do get it, hopefully you're in a position later on where you're no longer doing that. And you stop unpaid internships in your company and help change the industry later on. Mm -hmm. So I I just think that's the other thing too. People get so caught up in the anger and the back and forth and the, you know, um, the binary nature of of Twitter and what's out there that like that stuff doesn't matter. Like you got to focus on your stuff. Right. And, and that's the other advice I give to a lot of like, especially younger folks, it's, I see a lot with like new grads and young grads. They're, they want to like get so angry about something, whatever, both sides, both sides, by the way. And I'm mm-hmm. like, that stuff doesn't affect you. It doesn't help you. It's not going to pay the bills. Like what's going to really help you and go get it, you know? And I, and that's it's something that I've been surprised by. Cause I, you know, I was, you know, we're the same age. Like I didn't really have Facebook. Like I had like the thing where you add everybody in college and you poke each other. Like that was Facebook, you know, it wasn't really, there was no Instagram. I didn't have any followers, you know, I I didn't have to deal with that kind of pressure. Right, right. And I, so I, there's a lot that I don't understand about it, Mm -hmm. but you know, I I do see a lot of people get caught up in it and not think about like what's going to help them and how do they move that forward.
1: Well, Arnold, this has been a great conversation. You know, I, I thought we were going to talk about uh, more about like growth and esports, and we did cover some of that. But I think the the key highlights I have from this conversation really is just uh, it's like a life framework, whether you're entry level or not. Like, how do you, how do you want to tackle life? How do you make your own luck? And uh, well, I'm biased because I agree with you. So, uh, yeah, that's yeah.
0: true. We should have we should probably have somebody that doesn't agree. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So
1: so yeah, I just want to say thank you for uh joining us today. And you know, I I I I would love to check out uh, I'm gonna follow the Gen G Academy um and you know all the other stuff you, you guys are working on. Like this is like innovation, so pretty awesome. Thank you.
0: Yeah, yeah. And we're doing a lot of cool stuff on the esports side too. So uh we always want to do more uh and any opportunities, especially working with colleges and, and that kind of stuff. We're always excited because it's it's kind of landing homes for some of the best talent out here in Korea that want to, that their dream is to go to U.S. universities, right? Mm. Um, and so sure. hopefully, you know, uh, if there's anybody ever that have any ideas and want to reach out, feel free. Uh, ah, I'm on Twitter. My email is on there. So I'm always happy to kind of respond and especially if somebody has a good idea or anything like that.